Hello and welcome to the Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast. I am your, count it, 10-time champion, Tony fucking G. Like, share, and subscribe, folks. It is a recorded solo review tonight. Um, <sighs> we're here out in ag country, folks. Tony G and Phil KOE are very much in the heart of harvest right now, and time's been scarce, to be completely honest. But again, we're here. I'm doing this. I watched the whole show, and I'm going to give you my rundown. Again, like, share, subscribe, folks, uh, on Spotify, on Facebook at Big Buck and Empire, of course, on YouTube. We need, we're getting the following count back up. Things are looking up, and I'm sorry we can't do our normal live half inebriated review. I do apologize, but I've got a bit of a cold, you can probably tell anyway. So, yeah, yeah, it's been a rough week. It's been a rough couple weeks, actually, but uh, I do digress. Uh, my belt, hmm, where is it? Oh, it's still in Iowa with the former champ chicken. He has failed to get that to me. We need to remedy that. Uh, we didn't get to do predictions or a preview, so again, I apologize for that as well. But I had to get something out for you. I didn't want to leave you hanging, especially since after All Out, the audio did not get uploaded like I thought it did. So we'll make damn sure this gets out to you fine folks ASAP. So without further ado, let's get into this thing. On the pre-show, we had Liv Morgan and Carmella. Honest to goodness, uh, People are surprised by the following that Liv has, but she's a very likable character. She's she's not too shabby in the ring. She needs a little cleaning up in some areas, but I understand the appeal. Uh, Carmella has is one of the better character workers on the roster in the, in the women's division. This was actually a pretty good match. Decent pre-show match. Uh, really back and forth. They were going for a lot of quick pins. I kind of liked it. I was getting into it. Pretty damn good pre-show match. Uh, Liv Morgan does get the win. She's everybody's underdog hero, and nobody, nothing to complain about here. Uh, so, solid match. I'll give it. I can, I could almost go three, but I'm, I'm probably going to give it two seven five. There was no build for this, so I wasn't super invested. But no, solid pre-show match. Loved it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Probably going to hear me doing that a lot. I've been drinking ugh, nothing but water today. Hopefully, try to get all this bean dust, soybean dust, out of my esophagus. Ugh. I apologize if I'm not my normal, sexy, smooth voice self tonight. The opener of this show was a bit of a last-minute match. Uh, nobody really knew this was coming, but a trios tag match: AJ Styles, Omos, and Bobby Lashley versus the New Day. I guess this is how you get the, the WWE World Champ on the show in the opener. In a trios tag match. Hmm. I just, I don't get it. Ugh, WWE creative. You just, ugh, God. Oh, I, I could bitch about this all night if I really wanted to. But really, damn fine match. Uh, this was, this was good. New Day's, of course. It's a solid, smooth, well-oiled machine when they're together. This was no different. Solid, solid performance on the New Day's part. Biggie's over like a fucking gangbuster. Like it's it's good stuff. I love love the push for Biggie. I'm not gonna complain at all here. Uh I will complain, I guess, a little bit. AJ Styles relegated to curtain jerk or doing a trios tag match. This is horseshit. AJ Styles needs to be doing something of main event status, even if it's not the world title picture. Travis said that he's got to do this, but all that being said, 
this was fantastic. Uh, AJ Styles obviously carried the workload for his team. Almost did his, I'm here, I'm big, and that's what I do. And they kept it to a minimum, which really worked in the favor of everybody tonight. Uh, Bobby Lashley got in, was a wrecking machine when he was in. But really, this was AJ Styles just being an amazing opponent for all three New Day members. I, I loved watching this. This was fantastic. AJ Styles was the MVP here, but I really liked the end. AJ Styles tags himself in, goes for the uh, phenomenal forearm, but Bobby Lashley tags himself in before he goes to hit it. He misses that, gets bounced. Bobby comes in, goes to spear Big E, misses, hits AJ with a spear. Big E scoops him up. Big ending, one, two, three. <clears throat> Excuse me again. Really solid match. Really solid finish. I'm going to give this three, two, five for a trios tag match. This was this was fantastic, but look who's in it. I mean, AJ Styles is one of the greatest wrestlers in the world, and it's the New Day, and a very much improved Bobby Lashley. So yeah, really good match. Really enjoyed this one. Solid opener. This does set up Raw tomorrow night. Spoiler alert: uh, we do have a world title match apparently to open Monday Night Raw. Big E defending against the former champ. Bobby Lashley. So tune into Monday Night Raw to see how that shakes out. I'm guessing since it's opening the show, I doubt we're going to see a title change and something fucky will happen. Call me crazy. Moving along, uh, I'm going to try to remember the exact order here. It's been a bit of a blur. I do believe it was the SmackDown Tag Team Championship coming up next. And this was honestly another good match. But of course it was. It's the Usos. They're, they're one of the most dependable talents you can find in the roster and not just the tag division as a unit another well-oiled machine fantastic job here montez ford what a talent what what just he just exudes personality and energy and everything he does he makes it just look so effortless but so impressive that frog splash oh not since eddie guerrero has somebody put so much oomph into the follow, the jump, the follow through, the landing, and the aftershock. It's just, it's a thing of beauty. Montez Ford will get a singles push one day. God, I hope if there's still a WWE by that point. Oh, great talent, young kid. Sky's the limit. Uh, even Angelo Dawkins impressed me a little bit in this one. I'm usually a little harder on him, but no, he was he was all over the place here. This was a really good match. I loved it. For myself, the predictions, I, I really kind of wanted to pick the Street Profits, but we knew that there was not going to be a title change on this show, and there wasn't in this match, so no. The Usos do get the win. Really good match. I honestly booked this again. This is fine. This is a great feud. Keep it going. Love it. Nothing to complain about here. Loved it. Uh, I'm going to give this one a solid three stars. Next up, something I could go on and on and on and on about, the Raw Women's title match. Let me clear my throat. <clears throat> the booking of Alexa Bliss. <sighs> How do I loathe thee? Let me count the ways. Like, I love Alexa Bliss so, 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 so much. She is just, she's so athletically gifted, and her personality on screen is one of the best in the company. 2021 did nothing but bury the entire idea of The Fiend and the passing of the torch from Bray Wyatt, who inexplicably got released to Alexa Bliss. And since then, they've 
God, it's like how do you how do you bury Bray Wyatt when he's no longer with the company? You pass the torch to Alexa Bliss, but here she is in a title match. So can you really call it a burial? No, but you can call it ludicrous and ridiculous and insulting to one of the best women performers on the roster. I don't care if you get lost in the fact that she's only five foot tall and completely undersized. And I'll be honest, that did work against her in this match, but uh, I'll get there. I love Alexa Bliss. I, I really do. And I, I'm, I'm saying that with all the sincerity. I think she's an amazing worker. I'd like to see her return to her old ways. And that's kind of what they've been teasing with this one. So if that's what this eventually leads to, fine. So be it. I'm here for it. Um, the build wasn't great. It was more nonsense with the dolls and it was what it was. But this match, there's no supernatural bullshit here. They're really teasing the old Alexa Bliss. Hell, she even went for the Twisted Bliss. She was hitting the DDT like she used to. And honestly, this was just a good Alexa Bliss match. This was a great performance for her old way of maneuvering around the ring without the paranormal bullshit. This was good. I mean, there was, there was still a flavor of that with the dolls and the ripping up. But, uh, you know, really, this was just a good match for Alexa and Charlotte. And the size advantage again. Yeah, you, you look at this and go, it's ridiculous because Charlotte's huge compared to Alexa. But it's that it's that in-ring IQ that Alexa has that allows her to get the upper hand. And, and she really showcased that here. And Charlotte's just so good. The size difference did get a little wonky in areas, but... You know, you can't really fault. They haven't worked a match like this together for a, quite some time, and it's been a while since they've really had a one-on-one -on -one match, so I'm not going to fault them. I think there's probably more to come after this. But, uh, no, Alexa was pretty much on point here. Charlotte was fairly flawless as usual. I mean, there was a few wonky spots, but I enjoyed this match a, a lot more than I expected to. I expected to come in here and shit all over it. But I'm not going to do that. I enjoyed it. Alexa looked good. Charlotte looked good. No complaints here. I'm going to give this a solid 3.25. I, I really am. I really like this match. The aftermatch uh, stuff was not as fun. Charlotte boots Alexa out of the ring, grabs Lily, and tears her up. So Lily's dead. Alexa gets all fired up and just starts attacking her Stone Cold Luthes press style. And then eventually Charlotte gets the upper hand, dumps her over the announce table, and she leaves. And this goes on for a while. Then Alexa gets back in the ring and cries over Lily, who's strewn across the ring. And this goes on for a while. It looked like she took the tag off of the doll and put it in her mouth. It was actually a foam capsule, but it didn't disintegrate. And this just goes on. And you can see the tablet on her tongue. I'm like, what the f And it, it just didn't go anywhere. She, like, she kept waiting and waiting and waiting for it to fizz up. Like she was going to be rabid because of the death of Lily. But this was supposed to be them teasing the idea of her getting away from this stupid gimmick. But this just kept going and going and going. And it went way too long. Nothing came from it. Eventually, it faded out into another commercial. Oh, that was another fun part of this show. During during the entrances, we would legitimately cut to straight-up fucking commercials for, like, Expedia or whatever else. <coughs> Excuse me again. But this finally ends, fades out. And, uh, you know, if we get Alexa back, to Alexa Bliss, the goddess Alexa Bliss. This will all be worth it. Hopefully that comes sooner than later. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for an Alexa Bliss title reign that doesn't have her wearing pigtails. But I digress. Love Alexa. Charles a queen. Good, good stuff here. No real major complaints. 
all things considered. Okay, so moving right along. Coming up next, the United States title match. Damian Priest defending the U.S. title against Sheamus and Jeff Hardy. Triple threat. You know, sometimes these things are a cluster, and it's like you take three guys that you don't know what to do with, and you throw them in a triple threat match. But this one worked. It was a little sluggish at the start, not going to lie, and I, I didn't really get into it. I didn't care about the build. This this wasn't, this wasn't feud between Sheamus and Damian Priest, and now you're just throwing Hardy in the mix. Yeah, like... I didn't care, but eventually this thing got going, and it wasn't just, okay, you go take a break, now us two are going to go. They actually found a way about halfway through to really gel as a three-person unit, and I got to say, I finally got into it, and I'm like, okay, this could go a couple of ways, because of course, as a triple threat, the champ doesn't have to be pinned, but this went for a while, and it was good, especially the like the second half of this thing. Really shifted into another gear. These guys were on point. Uh, the the nose guard for Sheamus finally getting ripped off. And Priest is going after the nose. Like some really hard-hitting stuff. Hardy hit a big swanton to break up a pin on both guys. That, that was a great spot. Uh, Hardy looks a little sluggish. I don't want to say he's lost a step. But Jesus, this guy's basically been throwing himself through car windows for the better part of <sighs> over 20 years. Holy shit, I'm old. Oh, God. See, you really can't fault the guy for being a few steps off his game in 2021, but still a solid worker. Priest has a, just a fuck ton of potential, and Sheamus is just a, a solid opponent for people. And and it, it all came together here. Solid finish. Loved it. Priest does end up retaining a lot of false finishes in this one, and when Priest got the win, nobody felt cheated, nobody felt robbed, and it felt like, okay, good match. I really, as, as far as a triple threat goes, another solid match. Uh, I'm going to give this one as well, a uh, 3.25. So far, as this this entire show, great across the board. Like, for what WWE does on a weekly basis with their sh- television shows, it's mostly garbage. It's almost unwatchable. This, this has been routinely one of their worst pay-per-view shows. Extreme Rules, especially last year. With the Swamp Fight, with two guys who are no longer with the company, but Extreme Rules 2021, solid fucking pay-per-view. <sighs> the SmackDown Women's Championship match. Becky Lynch defending against Bianca Belair, the former champ, the rematch. Finally, after that 26-second debacle at SummerSlam. I was stoked to see Becky return. Like, we've been waiting for it and waiting for it, and we finally got it, right? This is good. We wanted it. I didn't want her to win it back like that. And now we're trying this heel run. And she's doing the Conor McGregor thing. I get it. Uh, but yeah, Bianca deserved better. That kind of annoyed me. Like, her character work, I'm not a fan of. She really needs to develop more personality. Like, she's... Uh, maybe that's the wrong wording. She's got plenty of personality, but character work leaves a lot to be desired. If that makes any sense, she didn't, you got to invest in her, but damn, she's an athlete and she's impressive in the ring. And she, she really carried that division on her back since January, winning the Royal rumble. I, I think she deserved better And this match. This lived up to it. This was good. Uh, honestly, Becky played the cowardly heel. Well, but you, you still like to see Becky badass beat down bitch, right? Like the anti-hero, that stone cold persona. And it just it's it's a step back to see her being the cowardice, feeling like she can't.
can't compete with the best of the best because she was fearless before. I guess that comes with the hiatus. I don't know. But honestly, this match was good. Um, she didn't have a lot of rust. She looked good here. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But this was good. Um, Bianca was the stronger, the faster, the more dominant when she was in control. Becky really has that veteran mentality where she she really just focuses on some series and spots and they do end up looking so good. My favorite spots were towards the end with the, the leg drop off the middle rope and then the, the guillotine leg drop. Just really good stuff. And Becky just sells that two count. Oh, I can't believe it. I love that stuff. Like This was really getting good towards the end. And Bianca made you think, hey, I'm, I'm going to win this thing back. Becky's going to be a chump who couldn't hang and let, without just sucker punching me and catching me with one. And then Sasha Banks hits the ring. It's Bianca. So Bianca wins the match, doesn't win the belt. So she attacks Bianca, and they tease the Becky-Sasha friends. No, and then she attacks Becky, and... <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I just... This this was a this was an after-match angle. Not a mid-match angle. I uh, felt unnecessary. I don't know why they did this, honestly. I really don't. They could have saved this for after the match. Becky could have done something to get away, get a count out. I, I honestly would have felt less robbed with a with a count out victory for Bianca. And then Sasha hits the ring. I, I don't know. I didn't love it. I didn't love the way they finished this match. But I mean, up until that point, the match was going great. But I'm going to, yeah, I'll give it three stars for the bad finish. You knew some match was going to get fucked, and this was the one. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do next because obviously it's probably going to be a triple threat for the title. We're we're guessing that's what's going to be gearing towards. Uh, hard to say. And I'm guessing they won't do that at Crown Jewel. Hmm, wonder why. But no, honestly, good match until the end. I enjoyed it. Until, yeah. Oh, good overall, though. I guess. Which does bring us to the main event. Demon Balor versus your Tribal Chief. Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. Holy shit. Um, a lot going on in this one. This one went a while. Demon Balor over the entrance is over the top. The crowd loved it. He He's it's just incredibly undersized next to Roman Reigns. But it didn't matter because he'd eat the shots, he'd sell it, but he'd find a way to make a comeback. And I kind of did this for a while. And... This is a good match. Everything's going fine. It's an extreme rules. Roman's got the kendo stick. Then Balor pulls out the like four or five kendo sticks wrapped up like demon with demon tape. That, that was kind of a cool little crowd pop. They liked that. Eventually, these guys find their way out into the crowd. And this, this kind of took me out of it. I'm not going to lie. I understand why Roman Reigns feels like he needs to wear a mask. <clears throat> Obviously, his, his immune system doesn't work like a lot of people's, right? So COVID's still a thing. But if that's the case, they go out into the crowd, they're fighting on this glass thing, and they eventually go through a table. Crossbody Finn hits Roman on through a table. They're fighting, and you realize Roman Reigns has put on a mask. I'm like, okay, I understand why he did this, but if you have to do this, if you're compelled to put on a mask at this point, maybe just don't go out in the fucking crowd. That wasn't necessary at all, but and it took me completely out of it. So it took a minute for me to get back. But finally, they do make their way back to the ring. 
Balor's still on his game. He's almost down and out, but then he finds a way to power back up. He's got Roman on the ropes. He gets him down. He gets up top. He hits the coup de grace, gets the pin, and then Jimmy and Jay out of nowhere just yank him out of the ring. They go to double team, and they double super kick him. He fights back. He, like, he is just the ultimate underdog in this match. Ends up throwing one off, power bombs the other three of the announce table, dances over to the side, out of nowhere, Roman, giant spear through the barricade. Great spot. Loved it. The crowd didn't see it coming. I mean, you expected it, but you still didn't see it coming. Awesome spot. Looked great. Then all of a sudden, everybody's down. The lights go red. I'm like, oh, God. No way. Bray Wyatt resigned. And then they start doing this heartbeat. It's the demon heartbeat, they say, on the announce desk. So... Finn springs to life. <clears throat> okay, all right, I can I can go with this. But then they start playing his music. I'm like, why are they playing the music? Eh, whatever. It looks cool as shit, and they're going with it. And he's just all over Roman Reigns, beating the ever living piss out of him. It's a big uh, shotgun drop kick, sends Roman through an, a, another table, gets him in the ring, gets to the top of the rope. There's smoke coming down. You can barely even see him. You can see his legs. And then all of a sudden, he's about to hit the coup de grace for the win and the universal title when all of a sudden, the ring, the shaft to the top rope breaks. The entire top rope falls. He crumbles. The lights go back on. Roman with the big spear. One, two, three. Roman Reigns, still your universal champion. There's no explanation given as to why this happened. Nobody knows. Did Paul do it? Was it an act of God? We don't know yet. I assume it'll be addressed on SmackDown. Who knows? But Roman Reigns does retain. This was a solid match. Uh, Extreme Rules, and they threw this stipulation right at the last minute just because it's Extreme Rules. you got to have one, right? Maybe we should have been building that. Yeah, maybe there's a reason Tony Khan got called Booker of the Year, I guess, after all. Hello. Uh, no, I, I can't give it four stars. I can't. Just because it took a lot of shop class projects, and it, it, it went a while, and there's a couple spots that took me out. But overall, fantastic match. A little wonky with a few of the things, but really, really damn good. I'm going to give it 3.75. Top to bottom. Great show overall. I mean, all things considered. The average match rating I gave should tell you enough. There was nothing like overly insulting. And the few silly things that happened were forgivable given the match was actually good and what it could potentially lead to. <coughs> Excuse me again. I'm sorry, folks. Honestly, you didn't if you didn't see this, um, and I know Phil's messaging me, he's like, is it worth watching? I'm like, it is worth watching. Go check this show out. It really was pretty damn good. And of course, while you're at it, Make sure to like, share, subscribe. YouTube, Spotify, and Big Buck and Empire on Facebook. Please don't forget. Make sure to do it. This is the Big Buck and logo. That's where you find us on Facebook. Got to check Phil out on KOE Nation, of course. But most importantly, Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast on the audio platforms and YouTube. So where does this take us from here? Like WWE is kind of a mess right now. Nobody even knows what's going on with it. Like they're putting out a good show like this. And, and I understand a lot of people are going to shit on it anyway, because they're going to shit on WWE regardless, but this was good. This was a good show. 
and I kind of want to tune into Raw to see what the hell they do with that title match now. So they're they're doing a good job with this, but I know how this goes. I'm going to tune into Raw, and it's going to be highly disappointing. It's a three-hour show, and it's usually boring as hell. Like, it's just death, this three-hour time slot. They need to do something. And over on Fox, like, besides Roman Reigns and Becky Lynch, they mismanage everything else to the point where it's almost too boring to watch and finish. You get sucked out. You can't finish the damn show half the time. And Fox is upset with them. They expect big things. So coming up next Friday, we do have the draft again. So where are we going from here? You got to assume they're going to shake things up pretty drastically. Because if Fox is unhappy, that means they need to get some big names over on Fox. So expect to see some jumps. Expect to see some legitimate shakeups here. I don't know if you're gonna you're not gonna see Roman Reigns move off of SmackDown. I don't think, but it's hard to say at this point. Depends what Fox wants. They want to stay on Fox. They're gonna have to bend over backwards at this point. Uh, USA Network's not gonna kick Raw off the network, so they can continue putting out a really boring three-hour show with some good stuff mixed in. Uh, Bobby Lashley, I don't know. I doubt he's gonna win the title back. I expect some fuckery there. Uh, I don't know. I'm. I'm intrigued to see what they do with the draft. And then we've got kind of a dry spill. I mean, we do have Crown Jewel coming up on October 21st. That starts at noon central time on a Thursday. Uh, this does have the big Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, universal title match. Could they do a title change in Saudi Arabia? I don't know. I wouldn't expect it, but it's hard to say. Because after that, we don't have another show until Survivor Series. We've got a draft. And we've got a Saudi Arabian hot show. Usually you can look at this and go, well, this is what they want to do for Survivor Series with a champ versus champ, right? I don't know. I, I'm I'm usually, a, I feel like I got my finger on the pulse, but this is one of those years where it's just not been my year. And it took me until September to win the fucking belt from that ne'er-do-well chicken. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of... I'm I'm not feeling myself as far as telling you what I think's gonna happen, but I do expect some legitimate shakeups, and I'm I'm hoping that they can find their gear again because WWE's really been off for a while, and we we need some consistency. We really do. They need to take some chances, some good chances though, and stop insulting our intelligence overall. We will see, though. So, that is all I've got for you. All that being said, folks, this is the Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast. Like, share, subscribe. I'm your 10-time champ, Tony fucking G, and this was WWE Extreme Rules 2021. Like, share, subscribe. Be back here next time, folks, and I promise we will have more for you in the coming weeks. Thanks for stopping in. Love you. Bye-bye.